Jan, I've got a real problem. What's your problem, Amy? I've got all this money, and I don't know what to do with it. And I'm hungry. <laughs> Who's there? Where's that coming from? Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Welcome aboard to the first half of the 47th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants as seen on TV. This episode first premiered on March 8th, 2002, and it was written by Aaron Springer, C.H. Greenblatt, and Meriwether Williams. Our storyboard artists are C.H. Greenblatt, our storyboard director is Aaron Springer, our animation director is Frank Weiss, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. Uh, this is episode 99, we are one away. From episode 100 of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, and although there will be a, a actual 100th episode in terms of, of the sister episode to this one, which is Can You Spare a Dime? Uh, I'm not going to break up these two episodes to just do a celebration. We will do a bit of a celebration afterwards. Celebrate, hey, we made it to triple digits here in the Squarecast, and it's it's really exciting. Um, I, I love how the show is slowly evolved here and there through the, the first three seasons. Um, and, and I continue to think about how I'm going to evolve the show as, as the seasons go on. Um, because I, I have to obviously keep myself as entertained as, as you are. Because, I mean, I, I have to do this for myself first. And if I'm not having fun, then how can any of you listening have fun? So... So if anyone out there ever has an idea as, as far as things they would like to see on the show for things that I'm doing for videos, anything like that, I always take suggestions because you never know where one of those suggestions could go. It could just be something that for you might seem like something obvious I could think of. But I, look, I, I have a 40 hour a week job, two podcasts a week, uh, still a YouTube channel like I'm growing and, uh, you know, planning for streaming and whatnot. There's a lot over here. So uh, if there's ever suggestions from the listeners, those I will always listen to first. So uh, really appreciate all of you out there. As seen on TV, this is actually it's it. I don't know. This wouldn't be in my top five. This might be in my top 10 of, of the third season, but. I love the idea of the Krusty Krab making a commercial because uh, the Krusty Krab seemingly doesn't need advertisements. They they have all of the groundswell of support of Bikini Bottom that they could ever ask for. There is literally no need to to advertise the Krabby Patty. It, it, it advertises itself. A word of mouth is strong, but uh, it, just the idea of the production of a Krusty Krab commercial is such a, a fun concept, and I'm, I'm glad they go forward with this. Now, in, in concept, in thought, you may think that, well, with the usual SpongeBob formula, the entire episode must be about creating the episode and the disaster that they end up putting out on television, but uh, that this goes in a completely different direction than what you might assume comes out of an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants having to do with the Krusty Krab commercial, but we actually open up with Mr. Krabs on his way to the set of the Krusty Krab commercial. First thing I got to mention here, we get the introduction, the formal introduction of Mr. Krabs' pet worm, Mr. Doodles. Now, we first saw him walking a pet worm all the way back in Sandy's Rocket when he was uh, when he was captured there, but we unfortunately didn't know uh, Mr. Doodles' name or 
uh, you know, anything really about him. We, we don't get to see much of Mr. Doodles throughout the show. He's kind of a uh, just a side character, a, a pet for Mr. Krabs to occasionally use if he ever needs one. I, I like that he uh, that in the world, the snails are cats and worms are dogs. Um, I, I got to say, though, regardless of if you're a cat or a dog person, um, I don't know. Are you more of a snail or a worm person? That that seems to be more of a logical question. Would you rather have a pet snail or would you rather have a pet worm? This this is a, a bigger debate than than the cat and dog debate. Um, and we need to push this moving forward. So the episode starts out with Mr. Krabs and Mr. Doodles making their way over to the Krusty Krab. They're going to be filming a Krusty Krab commercial. And Mr. Krabs is is really excited about this. He is now he says that they never shot a commercial before for the Krusty Krab, which um, ends up not being true because according to Truth or Square, uh, back in the 1950s, Mr. Krabs had a commercial out for the Krusty Krab. Now, that, that is a long time up into 2002, so Mr. Krabs certainly could have just forgotten that he once put out a commercial. But um, yeah, I, I, find that, I find that weird that this was supposed to be their first commercial and then they ended up retconning it years later to, to shove one into the 1950s. Um, but yeah, Mr. Krabs is older. T- certainly, certainly reasonable for him to just not remember doing one decades ago. And of course, Squidward and SpongeBob were not working then, so they of course couldn't correct him if he was walking around saying it was their first commercial ever. And you know, at least hey, it's their first one since the 1950s. So something to be excited over. When Mr. Krabs gets to the set of the commercial, I don't think he was really expecting the level of set that he got. So when I say uh, a, a set for a commercial, I don't know the amount of people that you would think of in your head. But if I was making a commercial for a uh, for a restaurant and I had to have a crew, a, a set um, to, to build this on, or at least, you know, the, the restaurant itself being the set, the amount of people being on it, I imagine would, would have to be at least under 10. I don't know. For a commercial purpose, I like that might more than 10. I Of course... Depending on the level of shoe, more than ten people, of course, would be would be uh, needed. But this is a a local commercial being shot, and Squidward has seemingly gone ahead and taking this local commercial that is only going to be aired. I'm I'm guessing around Bikini Bottom, but bringing it to movie level needs as far as uh, uh, equipment and crew is concerned. When Mr. Krabs shows up, there is literally being a a movie being shot. In front of the Krusty Krab, there is cranes, there are light rigs everywhere, there are cables for sound and for lighting. It literally, just you don't get to see too much of it. It's just kind of quickly there, and and Mr. Krabs just goes through this this moment with Squidward where he's just flipping out over every little thing that is on this set. Of course, Mr. Krabs, being cheap, wants to keep this on the inexpensive side, um, and and Squidward, being an artist, just wants to throw as much money at the wall. And maybe out of that, he thinks something good will be made. But I, I don't know. I just feel like when it comes to things like this, of course, you can throw as much money as you can to make a 30-second spot. But is it going to be more effective than something that could cost 10 or 15 I mean, I'm sure we can all think of, of really cheap, easily made commercials that have either stuck with us or become, like, 
super popular nationwide. I mean, we've all we all can think about those those commercials or those companies that constantly make commercials that are seemingly easy to make and then just catch on like wildfire. Uh, but but Squidward is throwing everything at the wall, including spending the money to build a replica crusty crab right next to the uh, first one. And if that sounds familiar, it should, because it is, of course, something that they would later do in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie with the Krusty Krab 2. I can only imagine that it's due to Squidward here building a replica Krusty Krab for the commercial right next to the original as being the, the seeds planted in Mr. Krabs' mind to eventually open up the Krusty Krab 2 a restaurant immediately next to the original. Um, of course, this this set doesn't have the giant like neon two with the lights or anything. It's it's literally just a commercial. It's a it's a gag to show how much money Squidward is wasting here. Now, Mr. Krabs, of course, being as cheap as he is, is not interested in all these extra necessities of this commercial shoot. He knows he can do it on the cheap, and he kicks literally the entire crew away, except for the uh, the clown. Squidward had a clownfish on set. Now, when Mr. Krabs inquired why there was a clown on set, uh, Squidward mentions that the, the job can get really stressful. And, you know, I, I'm sure that's true, of course, when it comes to films where certain circumstances like weather um, just you know can't be changed, you know, hey, you might have a miserable experience on set, but if you're making movies, you shouldn't be miserable. You should, you just shouldn't. It shouldn't be happening, especially if it's your job and and if you're a director, if you're an actor. I I can understand. It's always those other circumstances. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying like in in theory. Like, we're getting together to make something. This shouldn't be stressful, other than the stress of of the art, like, the making it. But, like, uh, extra stress, get that out of here. Throw it away. It shouldn't be happening. Uh, now, Mr. Krabs is at least sensible enough that when he kicks the entire crew away, he, he knows to keep the clown, and the clown could, could stick around for a while. We don't, unfortunately, see the clown at all. At any other point in the episode, I, I'd like to think that he at least stayed to just hang out in the set while they they shot this newer commercial. But hopefully he got paid for his his time, though, uh, because as the uh, the Joker once said, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Uh, now, where is SpongeBob during this whole situation? Well, SpongeBob was doing the most important job that Squidward could find for him to do, and that was to bury himself on the set because... Of course, SpongeBob to Squidward is not going to be useful. So, yeah, just just bury yourself in a hole. That's going to be the most use we could get out of you. Uh, but but Mr. Krabs uh, actually does need SpongeBob for the set because as he just kicked everybody away, he now has the, the duty of filming his own commercial with the crew that he has left over uh, and his his daughter, Pearl. Uh, he has the, the, the cheapest crew possible, he has the cheapest set possible, and he doesn't need any of these extra necessities that Squidward talks about uh, when it comes to, to making this thing. Uh, and he even has a prime time slot for when this commercial is going to air, and it airs at 3.28 in the morning. Now, um, I don't know specifics as far as getting... I know like all television stations do have to pretty much air local commercials a certain percentage of the time i think every day i think they have to have uh local commercials running and and there's rules like that even for big events like the super bowl where i'm sure we're at wherever you're watching that throughout the country 
All of us are going to be watching like those funny commercials, but then no matter where you are, you're going to have some area specific commercials to some businesses local to you. So I, I don't know as far as time wise is if this was something that um, when it's at 326, is that literally the only time slot they had for any commercials or if that was a time slot they had for local commercials. But I'm sure those of you out there listening, um, if you're if you're around my age, if you're a bit older than throughout the 90s, you would remember that around 3 a.m., was when just so many channels would would cut down to just airing infomercials. It was like they would have content up until like 2 a.m. and then they knew almost no one was watching. So they just, instead of airing their own content, just gave up massive chunks of their channel to infomercials. I, I guess the idea is what they're hoping people maybe fall asleep to those channels and then wake up and there's commercials already airing or if, if they think, hey, the people out there who watch the same channel all the time, they're not going to change it. So if they happen to be up at four in the morning, well, then good. Enjoy this infomercial that ha happens to be on uh, that or, or the George Lopez show. You would think that with hearing the news that he would be starring in a commercial, Squidward would would get a little bit more behind it. But of course, he he doesn't. Now, we don't get to see the commercial being made. We, we get told that Mr. Krabs is going to do this in-house with his own crew, his own family, and that it's going to air at 328 a.m., once we hear that, we are immediately thrown to 3.28 a.m. with a nice little title card, and it's SpongeBob in his house staying up with Gary to watch this commercial. Now, uh, if I had a commercial airing at that that time and I had to be up, or if I obviously wasn't working the next day, I would try to stay up. But normally what I would do is go to bed, wake up, watch whatever I needed to watch, and then go back to bed if, if there was something airing that was just going to disrupt my my sleep if I stayed up I would I would kind of work my sleep around it but SpongeBob is not somebody I guess who who would be able to do something like that the excitement for him is just too high I don't even know how he was able to get to bed afterwards uh, after watching that commercial but what we get is the official Krusty Krab commercial which is of course super cheap looking it's kind of lame it's a little corny but um, of course, as fans of SpongeBob SquarePants, like we see a commercial like that and it's it's hilarious. It's super funny. I don't know in the world of Bikini Bottom how well this advertisement would do for those maybe on the fence about eating at the Krusty Krab. But the commercial opens up with Pearl and Squidward in a blonde wig as the characters Amy and Jen. And Amy and Jen have a problem because they have all of this money and they have no idea where to spend this money at. They just have this this pile of cash. And the the laughter of Mr. Krabs is heard off in the distance before he magically appears in between Amy and Jen to 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 show them the the answer to their problems. Now I love the the overacting of of Pearl and Squidward here. Or I mean the Squidward's not overacting, but I mean Pearl is is giving it that A plus, that classic like corny, just bad local commercial. The one that was clearly done in like 15 minutes. They didn't do a second pass, and then everything was just thrown together. Uh, I I love I love the idea here that Mr. Krabs is like if you have a problem where you need to spend your money, like Mr. Krabs is going to show up out of nowhere to tell you. Uh, but the fact that they know who he is, like when he when he comes in out of the the smoke, they're like Mr. Krabs. Oh my goodness. Um, now, if they know who he is, how would they not know where to spend their money? Just a question I got to ask. 
Uh, but of course, Mr. Krabs conjures himself here to let them know that he has the solution to their problem and that they need to follow him all the way to the Krusty Krab. That's right, the Krusty Krab, to get yourself a mouthwatering Krabby Patty. Uh, to which Jen replies, what's a Krabby Patty? Why, it's only the most mouthwatering, appetizing food in the seven seas! And then, of course, we, we follow that with some B-roll of a Krabby Patty being made, and, of, of course, shots of Mr. Krabs with the, the boom mic being seen coming off of the, the, from the top of the frame. Uh, now, this is where SpongeBob gets really excited because in these scenes of, of the Krabby Patty being made is, of course, being made by SpongeBob. But this is a very Mike Wazowski-type situation because although SpongeBob cannot be seen on camera as far as his face is concerned, it's like a part of his body or his arm, SpongeBob is not realizing that he's not fully being seen, but it's just the fact that a portion of him is on a commercial on television. He is through the moon. And of course, if you have seen Monsters Incorporated, or uh, I, I believe they keep that joke going in other ways, like on Disney Plus. But if you know of, of the joke, the ongoing joke of that, Mike Wazowski constantly being blocked by the Monsters Inc. logo or various other things on magazine covers, on DVD covers. It's, it's a joke that like continually happens. And it's great. It's it's a great ongoing joke. And I love that energy here that that SpongeBob, just like Mike, is it, like it doesn't matter that he's blocked off where other people would see that and go, hey, you know, hey, man, sorry, you weren't really seen like it, it just the fact that he's there. He can tell that he was on television. He's through the moon about it. Uh, but this is where the episode uh, takes its turn. Now we have SpongeBob going into work fully in the mindset that he is a famous actor or that he, you know, he's, he's just well known to be fair though. This all is caused by old man Jenkins who stops SpongeBob on his way to work in the morning after recognizing him on television. But the twist here is that old man Jenkins recognizes the box of yellow bran flakes in front of him because he's elderly and has terrible eyesight. And uh, SpongeBob assumes that, he saw him on the Krusty Krab commercial, and just now he is a celebrity. SpongeBob takes this one interaction with Old Man Jenkins and goes into the Krusty Krab with an inflated head bigger than one Mrs. Puff would have after a car accident. Uh, every single customer interaction, every single interaction with either Squidward or Mr. Krabs, uh, SpongeBob, there is this just shade of delusion in front of him that... Uh, he is now just a world famous actor and that everybody is just at his whim. Uh, a, a guy opening the Krusty Krab's front door is now somebody opening the door for SpongeBob and that he's flattered by that. Uh, somebody asking for a napkin is now asking for SpongeBob's autograph. And you can see how this just snowballs and continues to, to go on moving forward throughout the episode. Uh, so yeah, we, we get those two incidents. We get the customer with the door. We get the customer with the napkin. SpongeBob, uh, then I love how he gives the napkin, which uh, when SpongeBob asks who he should write it out to, he thinks he's signing an autograph. The customer says to my tail fin, which I don't know if he has a tail fin, but SpongeBob graciously writes that, which is supposed to be kind of like an insult. Then he hands that, that autograph over to, to Squidward. 
because the customer walks away and he, now he's left with this, hey, this autograph. And when he assumes Squidward is going asking for an autograph now, he decides to hand that off. I think it's really funny that Squidward gets the, the to my tail fin part and he actually looks back to double check if he actually has a tail fin. Like that it made me chuckle a lot this time around. Uh, but now we just, everything SpongeBob is doing from mopping, cleaning the bathrooms, he hears like one thing a customer says and then takes off in the direction as if he assumes what he heard. And he doesn't ever let them finish because if he actually like fully listens to the customer, he would realize that they're not asking for his autograph. They don't care that he was on television. They don't know he's a celebrity. He's just a guy working at the Krusty Krab and they're trying to get their food and get on their day. Uh, so we, we get a lot of these these little moments where SpongeBob assumes the wrong thing and then just kind of goes off a little bit on his own. Like when some kids are, are looking for ketchup, he's assuming that they're looking to take pictures of him and he's posing. And uh, it's actually, of course, getting in the way of his work because every job Mr. Krabs sends him over to, he just ends up kind of goofing off and pretending he's like a, a world famous actor. Uh, now, while he's cleaning the bathroom, two fish are speaking outside as they're walking in about a actor that they saw on TV last night, uh, Glandy McPinkfish, who they saw on Flounderman. And see, this is where the, the, the issue with SpongeBob goes in. He misses that part. To his to his credit, though, he had, didn't really have a, a point to not listen to that as that part of the conversation happened outside of the bathroom. But as they're coming in, the one fish who saw Glandy at last night on Flounderman talks about... You know, this guy's a, a great actor, but his singing is incredible. SpongeBob hears that part and immediately thinks, well, my acting career is uh, has, has come to a close, and now it is time for me to start my singing career because they have acknowledged my acting, and they're telling me I'm a great singer. So we, we probably my favorite scene in this entire episode is SpongeBob going into Mr. Krabs' office in the most pompous, like snobby, actorish way you could think of. Like, if you were to think of of an actor who is just really full of themselves, this performance of SpongeBob right here is is that. He comes in and it's just like, like, look, Krabs, baby, I, I know I worked here, but it's time for me to move on. Decides to quit his job at the Krusty Krab for his singing career. And, and Mr. Krabs' response throughout this entire thing is to just completely ignore SpongeBob. And he figures that the, the fumes from the Krabby Patties must be getting to his brain. So he instructs SpongeBob to borrow Squidward's gas mask and get back to work. Now, <laughs> that's funny on its own. Like, A, the fact that Squidward has a gas mask, but also that Mr. Krabs is just like... If, if you're going that loopy from the fumes of the Krabby Patties, like, send that guy home for a day. Don't just throw a gas mask on him and tell him to get back to work. I know that's a classic boss thing to do, but just the idea of it seems really funny. Uh, but uh, SpongeBob is just matching him not listening to Mr. Krabs and just continuing his uh, singing career, which, uh, I, like, that's the thing. It's it's so funny. It, for him to think he's an actor for being a commercial is one thing, but for him to assume that he's going to have this amazing singing career when it's not like any of these people ever heard his singing, I, I guess he assumes he did, but he's just really delusional about this. He's on cloud nine. Um, what we get is probably one of the more well-known songs in SpongeBob history. Uh, something that you could easily get people to belt out by saying simply uh, two words, and those words are striped sweater. 
Uh, while while SpongeBob leaves Mr. Krabs' office, he is confronted by a crowd of angry customers who are there waiting for him because, of course, they are. It's a restaurant, and he is the cook. He has to make the food. But SpongeBob, being in his delusional like ways right now, he assumes that these people were waiting for him because... He's a world famous actor. Why else would they be waiting for him? They like uh, they're waiting for him to perform. And what follows is is one of the uh, one of the best little SpongeBob ditties you could ever ask for. It's uh, he sees a customer wearing a striped sweater and sings a song about a striped sweater uh, that is is incredibly short, but just as as short as it is, it is also memorable. It is an incredibly short but incredibly memorable little piece of SpongeBob history, the striped sweater song. Uh, that, of course, is not working well with the crowd. They are booing, and he knows that when the crowd boos, you, you gotta gotta try something new. He makes his way into the kitchen, and he's just trying various activities to appease the crowd. And everything he's trying seems to fail. Uh, even juggling Krabby Patties, like nobody wants to see that. Everybody's booing. He really doesn't know how to get these people to, to cheer for him until a patty falls off onto the grill and starts grilling. And the people then admit, you know, they, they immediately go from being hangry to super happy. And that's what we want. And SpongeBob, it's weird because you would think like, okay, then SpongeBob just realizes that he's supposed to be a fry cook. But of course, in his delusional ways, SpongeBob then starts making Krabby Patties for all these customers as if he was like still acting like he still has that energy of like, this is what you want. This is everything you guys want. I'll do this for you. And um, even by the end, when Mr. Krabs puts his hat back on his head and, and you know, it's just kind of like reassures him like, ah, glad to have you back. And SpongeBob, like even his his last line of this episode is that I should have quit fry cooking years ago for this. Like he he by the end of this episode doesn't even realize that he is back to being a fry cook and that he's I, I don't know he's a celebrity again. But honestly, SpongeBob is a celebrity in town this entire time. I mean, look at right here, the simple act of of frying some burgers got this crowd to cheer him. A crowd that was booing him at every corner. A crowd that probably. I mean, let's face it, in our world, probably wouldn't stick around a restaurant this long to get their food. But um, eventually he turned to that crowd and, and got them on his side. And hey, he, he ran that momentum. And if that makes him happy at work and he doesn't have to call himself a fry cook and he has to assume he he quit that crummy old job, then, hey, you do you. You have to do whatever you have to do to get through the day. If you have a bad job, then then, yeah, whatever mindset you have to put yourself in is what you have to do to get through that. And if, hey, if at the end of the day, SpongeBob just has to assume he quit that. Hey, so be it. Whatever whatever puts Krabby Patties out on the uh, on the table and whatever puts money in Mr. Krabs's pocket, I'm sure is OK with him. And of course, that that ends the episode and that is as seen on TV. Uh, I, I have never been a part of a, uh, a commercial shoot. Now, as for me, I, I have appeared on television a few times, nothing in, in anything professional, but I, I've appeared on the news uh, a few times, uh, last time being a few years ago. It's just random stuff. It's never anything that I plan. It's just you happen to be in the right place, right time, and then there's a camera in your face asking you questions. But a couple of years ago, there was a, a big snowstorm up here in New England, which obviously, if you live in New England, you should know that the snow months. But 
this must have been more snow than I guess people were expecting because uh, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm, pu- or I'm standing there pumping gas, uh, and all of a sudden this this woman comes up, this reporter who says, "Hey, you know, can we can we ask you a few questions just about the weather and how things are going?" And I'm like, "Sure." So the camera comes over, and and their their questions like they w- clearly wanted me to be more upset about the level of snow out there or just like the amount of work people are doing, like, can you believe all this snow? And my response is like, well, this is New England. Uh, this this is, it's January, February. We should all be expecting this. This isn't a shocker. And later that night when the uh, when the news story aired, I, uh, I watched it, taped it, and it was crazy. They they interviewed like three or four people about the, the weather and what's been going on and the amount of snow on, on people's roofs and... Um, just the amount of work people are doing. It's just all this stuff. They just want like all this negativity. It's like go through like three or four people who are all being interviewed to quick little sound bites of like, this is a lot of snow. This is crazy. I've never seen this much. And then it gets to me and they, they prefaced like the reporter with some B rolls. Like, and then we spoke to this young man who clearly wasn't bothered by the snow. And, and it was just one of my sound bites of like, that's New England. I like I don't know why it's such a shock to people. And they made me seem like such a such a jerk at this moment, but uh, I stand by my words. It's New England. You shouldn't be shocked by the amount of snow that we get sometimes. But uh, anyway, yeah, that, I've never been a, a part of a commercial shoot, so I, I've certainly been on sets. I've I've shot short films. I've I've shot films, never a commercial. But there's something special about like that local commercial feel that I, I don't know I, I absolutely adore and and because of that and a lot of the jokes that are in this this episode it, it's something that I imagine will will make my top 10 of, of season three it's it's one of my favorites it's a it's an episode that has been knocking those jokes out of the park for decades so uh, I hope you all enjoyed that thank you for listening to this episode of the Squarecast. we're closing the door on episode 99 opening up episode 100 next week so for all of you in the ready crew all of you who have been on the ready crew if you if you have since moved on and find your way coming back welcome aboard you are always welcome uh but but for anybody who is who has been a part of any of the listening base out there thank you from the bottom of my heart means the world to me for any of you to to listen to this uh listen to me ramble on about nickelodeon spongebob i i hope you enjoyed out there as always, if you ever have any questions or suggestions for the show, you can find me in any of the social media links in the podcast description below. I am active on there. I may not post all the time, uh, but I but I am on there. Please subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel if you already haven't. That is also in the description below of this podcast, or if you're already listening to this on YouTube, welcome aboard. Just hit that subscribe button below, hit that like button, and be prepared for more content coming out to YouTube exclusively this year. I, I'm going to be releasing a video pretty much every every month. There's going to be one coming out before the end of January, so keep an eye out on that, and, uh, and truly appreciate all the love I receive over there. So thank you for listening. Everybody out there, please stay safe. Keep everybody as safe as you possibly can, and just generally try to be a good person uh, if you can out there in the world. There, there's, there's enough negativity out there that if we can find a way to, to bring in some positive, then you know what? I'm ready. And with that, I'm Captain Eric signing off. We'll see you next week. I'm out of here.